Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this SME SOS podcast special. Through this series, I plan to help those who own small businesses, as well as those dreaming of being their own boss, as we navigate through the most difficult time. I'd like to thank NatWest, Dell, 3 and Royal Mail for joining us in supporting the small business community at this unprecedented time and helping to bring this free podcast to life. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown With the news on Sunday, we've very much been thinking about the future and what lies beyond lockdown. Throughout all my conversations, we've touched on not just the here and now, but the lessons that we have learnt and how what we have experienced over the last few months might inform decisions which can help our businesses thrive in the future. The first guest I welcomed was the wonderful founder of the Pig Hotels, Robin Hudson. Now, to say I'm a big fan would be a slight understatement. I honestly feel that the Pig is a masterclass in what it really means to build a brand. Every single touch point within the hotels, every experience, interaction, it just never fails to delight. It feels so natural, homely and recognisable. And yet at the same time, as soon as you step through the door, it feels like total luxury. I had the pleasure of meeting Robin a few months ago and he was so generous with his time and insight for this podcast. This is just some of the best bits of our chat last week. And honestly, I could have made an entire podcast episode with his brilliant insight. But do head over to Holly & Co where you'll be able to watch the full video very soon. Holly, hi. How are you? Very good. Just uh, wrestling with me tech. Tell me about this sort of pivoting and and, um, Petra from Curb called it swivelling. You know, tell me about what's really happening maybe behind the scenes. I think, you know, this whole however many weeks it's been, six weeks, is it? Yeah. Has been about the communication to all the, the various stakeholders, really. So first and foremost, it was communicating to our team. So really trying to give them some confidence and reassure them that we were going to take care of them. Uh, Meanwhile, we had to try to keep up with what was going on and communicate that to our guests and our our database. Um, And as I say, that that was changing so quickly, you know, what we were telling them one day was was out of date by the next. And of course, you know, we have a fairly effective uh, social media presence anyway. So we, we are trying to communicate relevant stuff to our, our guests and hopefully future guests. And then, of course, then there's the local communities as well. Yes. And, you know, lots of people have done lots of amazing, you know, I mean, if there's one thing out of this whole uh, situation, there have been some extraordinary acts of kindness and, and, and uh, which is, is wonderful to see. And so you try to you try to do your bit really and we had kitchen gardens that were starting to really sort of bear fruit as it were uh, so we decided that we would deliver veg boxes to to the local community uh, to uh, to food banks uh, and in the case of uh, pig a bridge place near canterbury we're very close to howlett zoo and we took a lot of brassicas down to the gorillas, who uh, are, of course, an endangered species. So even they benefited uh, from what was coming out of the garden. So. And Robin, what have you been thinking yourself as an entrepreneur? You know, is life at the pig going to be the same again? You know, I think there are, of course, there are certain things that present themselves as opportunities. 
And there are things that we may have to do. I mean, the issue of the high level of fixed costs. So if we've got 50% occupancy and we've got 100% of costs or close to, then, uh, you know, clearly we have a problem. So I think, I think what is worth looking at is the cost that potentially could be variable. As an exercise, I've challenged our head chefs. Um, what happens if we say that we're going to run at a 20% food cost menu instead of a 28% food cost menu. I mean, this makes a huge difference across the whole estate. And it, potentially it's where, where the skill of the chefs actually comes in even more. Yes. So that's something that practically that we can do. Um, uh, equally, I think there's, there's some procedures that really don't need to happen. Check in and check out. Why do we need that? We, we don't. We can do that express checkout without seeing a person on the way out and it can all be done electronically but the the real core of what we do is the atmosphere of of the place so i don't have the answer to that and you know until we really know what we can and can't do um i absolutely don't have the blueprint for it as we as we sit here today and also i think you've raised a really good point there robin because it's about what is the core of your brand, you know, and then it's almost, you know, you, you know this, you know, in a normal day, when would you ever really be able to analyse the hell out of your business? You can't. And possibly people are being given the time to look at their brand and say, right, these bits are sacred. As you said earlier, I think the great thing about having to rethink what we do, um, hopefully at the end of it, we'd be left with some bits that we love or yeah. have been very yeah. successful. And so I said to, uh, to, the, to the team yesterday, well, let's have a really good look at e-commerce because it's the one part of this whole situation that seems to be thriving generally. You will know this. Yes. Um, and, you know, I hate the idea of a sort of hotel shop with branded T-shirts and things. It's not what I want to, want to be doing, but... You know, what does it look like if we have a range of 40 things that we're selling? You know, I could imagine, you know, garden seedlings online. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about at the moment, but there may well be something in that. Again, isn't that a great piece of advice for people, which is looking at the areas that are your weakest parts yeah. and saying, OK, let's not dilly dally around here. Let's just use this time. And if you had to create 40 products, get them online, create the thing look what will happen this time next year. Look at that extra revenue we've built into the company. And I think another great point there, Robin, is, you know, everyone should be looking at this. You know, this isn't finishing anytime soon. You know, the only thing that's going to be the downfall is if you're not prepared for the actual unthinkable. And, yeah. you know, our, our businesses need to think about that. You know, so many small businesses are worried about debt and taking on debt, you know, and I've been encouraging them. You know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to take the government up on what they're offering out there. You mm -hmm. never know if you'll need it, you know, until you need it. And then it might be too late. What's your sort of timeline? Um, my first model, when people were talking about opening in, June and July, I said, I just don't see this at all. We're going to do our first model on the first opening from the 1st of September. Yeah. And since then, I've done the second model as well, which is opening, uh, is being closed all year. So all year to, to the 1st of January, because I need to plan um, the, the cash flow of the business through to them. It costs us a lot of money just to keep the door shut on this business. Even though, you know, we're, we're super grateful what the, the government have done so far, 
with furloughing and uh, and the other initiatives on business rates and so on. But, you know, I think debt needs to be treated with respect, but you shouldn't be scared of it. Um, uh, and I hear so many, so many entrepreneurs or would-be entrepreneurs that uh, talk about not giving away equity or, um, uh, uh, you know, trying to hang on to everything. And it can be the downfall of many a business because it's just undercapitalized and, uh, you know, just not enough cash slushing around the business, frankly. As long as you, you make sure it works on paper before you try and make it work on the shop floor. You know, I think it's really, really important to understand the, the workings of your business and understand its, its soft underbelly, if you like. I just want to ask you one final question. Hospitality in general, the actual industry, what's your sort of overall view? Well, I think that uh, I really desperately hope that the fierce independent category won't see too many, uh, too many casualties. Um, as we emerge out of this, I think there's going to be two conflicting attitudes, if you like. There's clearly going to be some pent-up demand, and I think the the rural staycation will will feel like quite a safe option. Um, you know, I can't imagine too many people are going to be desperate to get onto a packed flight to a packed resort. Um, however, you know, there's a confidence issue, and and we will need to do everything we can to help the public uh, and our guests feel confident in in what we're doing. And it may take a little bit of time for for everyone to to realize uh, but i'm sure given the right amount of time i think we're all praying for a vaccine aren't we that will perhaps solve this this particular issue and we can go about living our lives um, as we or at least the, some of what we've been used to in the past perhaps perhaps even we'll be in a more considerate place this idea of testing your business, understanding its weaknesses and then working to turn those around is such an important lesson. We touched on it last week with Petra from Curb, but I think it cannot be underestimated. We must start to move forward from simply weathering this storm to actively fixing and testing the elements of our businesses that are weaker, moving with speed and decisive action. It really has been the beauty of this time, certainly for me and the team here, the way we have worked so fast, all pulling in from the same direction with a very specific goal. In the last few months, we have pulled off things that pre-lockdown would have taken hosts of various meetings and months to get launched. It's actually something we discussed again with our next guest, Anika Beeson. I was keen to understand the impact and any insights we might be able to get from the big businesses. And so here, Anika, the Managing Director of Enterprise at 3UK, joined me. She talked so openly and brilliantly about the crucial need for speed of change in times like this. I know we've experienced it all at Holly & Co. I also think that there is something so energising about big change. I think the thing I've learned that is really that's really resonated with me and with our business is how actually, you know, how connected we all are. We, you know, suddenly everybody moved from being in head offices and thinking we needed to have meetings around tables to suddenly being able to, to work virtually through the power of Zoom and Teams and all these different web-based solutions. Um, alongside that, you know, our business suffered huge challenges because of the fact that, you know, stores were closed. We moved all of our people from our stores into uh, call centres. And as some of you may know, the Indian call centres were closed down. So it was very quickly, how do we move everybody from that space 
into a place where actually we can still we can still support the customer because the customers are most important and it's you know and we suddenly were sending laptops out to people at home and turning you know people that were sat at home from our stores into call center um carriers and actually what we learned is that would have taken months and months and months to do we did it really quickly and everybody it was a lot of blood sweat and tears in that but what it shows is when you don't when you've got to adapt and you've got to be agile you can be and, you know, we, we've suddenly turned our business digital. And that's a big transformation, whether you be a big business or a small business. It's just understanding how nimble you can be. And I think within the small business area, you can do things quickly. And actually, right now, speed of change is going to be one of the most important things. Um, what do you think that you've seen, like running your team? And what do you think specifically small businesses could take from that learning? So from a big business and everything yeah. you've had to overcome... Um, the thing I think that I, I think you've got to be brave. And, you know, right now there is so much opportunity to shape and, sh- shape and change a business that might be into spaces that we all feel a little bit uncomfortable going. You know, if you'd have asked anyone six months ago, could the entire country work from home effectively? Probably most people have said, no, 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 you need big offices. And actually, that's one area that we've already seen start to change. The second thing I think is, you know, and I think this is the most important thing, is you've got to keep your customer absolutely at the heart of what you're doing. And, you know, and I say that personally as well as, as from a work point of view, you know, I look at it and go, it's those people right now that go that little bit extra mile to show that they care about the customer that will reap the rewards at the other end of this. And what I mean by that is, you know, I... I got something delivered the other day and someone put a personalized note in it saying thank you for thank you for shopping with us how do you adapt yourself to make sure that you are really really talking to your customer you're loving your customer and you're mm-hmm. taking them with you on that journey you know we're doing that within our workspace where it's like three store now it's like actually we're trying to connect people to as many different communities as possible you know we, we i genuinely mean this we are passionate about our businesses and how we work with small businesses and, you know, we understand that you have to wear loads of hats. You know, we're wearing loads of hats right now. You know, whether that be me being a mum, being a, doing my job, being a teacher, being a cleaner, all of these things that, you know, on any given day I can do well or fail at. Um, but the point is, you know, actually we know within business you're wearing loads of different hats as well. So it's understanding that, you know, when you work with three, you know, one of the things we identified through our customer research was that, that these consumers need help somewhere. You need to know how mm. to set up a website. And one of the things we've done is we've partnered with various companies right the way through from, you know, we've got FreshBooks that'll help you with your accounting. Mm-hmm. We've got Wix that'll help you um, set up your sort of customer engagement, your website, et cetera. But those communities are out there is what I'm trying to say. You know, connect with as many communities as you can. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think that one of the things that's pushing us small businesses, you know, this community to do, and certainly myself as well, is, you know, I'd never done this before, you know, and I remember six weeks ago doing my first. And honestly, I nearly threw up before doing it. <laughs> first week, couldn't, you know, guests wouldn't arrive. I couldn't log on. I was making all those weird faces because I didn't know the camera was still on me. All these things, you know, six, seven weeks later, you know, I'm much more confident at it. And I think that that's the thing. Wouldn't you say for, you know, just in that whole world of tech, you know, actually, there's so many platforms now that can help you. And I'm going to give you the simplest example, which is, you know, my parents are are helping me with my teacher hat on because once a day they phone my four year old on Zoom and they read her a story. And you know what? If I'd have said six months ago, could they have done that? But not a chance. Whereas yes. now I, they've 
all of you know and that that's them learning and I look at it yes. go, I'm learning every day something new and none of us know what the world's going to look like and we've all got to be brave and we've all got to kind of embrace change whether we like it or not because it's happening yeah. there is huge opportunities and I mean that you know understanding your USP understanding your customer understanding the culture of the person that you are and the culture that you you display around you is really important and I think that goes back to you know right now We've got, you know, my team are all over the country, you know, and we're all having our own little moments where it's like, oh, God, the kids are a nightmare or this is going on or I've got to get this done tonight. And But you've got to laugh through that as much as, you know, and I think with small business, it's tough, right? It's incredibly challenged right now. Yeah. So realise there are other people in the same space and reach out to them so you can get some support because I think you need to know that not only is there, there businesses like ours connecting and helping and they're there for support, but there's also other people but having some of the same fears and some of the same concerns and there there is places to, that they can go to just to get advice and help. I learned a lot from my conversation with Anika and her passion for small businesses shone through. I loved her words about being brave, communicating with your customers and keeping them utterly central to all you do and build and looking for the opportunity that the right now presents. When thinking about who we would partner with at Holly & Co, I knew from day one that I will only ever work with brilliant companies who are genuinely sharing our ethos and mission to support small businesses. The three team and all of our partners are on this journey with us. And over time, I believe we're going to fundamentally change the business landscape to help everyone build a life that they love. Each week, NatWest give away their ad break space on conversations of inspiration. And now, when small businesses need our support more than ever, they have extended this opportunity across this podcast special. And if that wasn't enough, I am thrilled to announce that NatWest will be giving six ad break winners their own bespoke business mentoring package, including one-to-one mentoring and coaching sessions. For more information, head over to holly.co. And now, over to this week's brilliant independent ad break winner. Hello, you lovely lot. I'm Zoe, the creator of Tom and Macy. I design and make eco-friendly cards that are created with love to spread a little happiness. I believe there has never been a more important time to stay connected and tell someone you are thinking of them. Who wouldn't love to receive a card just to let them know they are in your thoughts? Everyone loves happy posts. The environment is very important to me, so all of my designs are printed on 100% recycled card along with the envelope. Even the protective sleeve they come in is compostable. During these times, I'm offering to add your personal message and send it directly to the recipient to help make life a little easier for you and to help out the fabulous postal service. 20 pence from every card sale will be donated to the NHS. Head to my shop at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Tom and Macy or come and find me on Instagram at Tom and Macy. Lastly, I'd like to thank Holly and Co for being a ray of light for small businesses and Nat West for this opportunity. My final interview was with the wonderful Asma Khan, founder of Darjeeling Express, author of cookbooks, also the first female chef to feature in Netflix Chef's Table. 
She is just so soulful and has this most beautiful way with words. She had me tearing up a couple of times and I had to do all I could to just keep it together. Do go back and listen to her podcast. It is filled with so, so much wisdom. It is a brilliant, soulful and passion-driven conversation. Hi. How are you? I'm very excited. Nice to see you, even though it is virtually. How have you, um, before we get into the sort of the hospitality industry, but how have you personally found this time? The difficulty was the build up to deciding to close. Mm. I closed before the lockdown. And that decision was before the government had said any help or any aid, any following of staff. I decided that I could not let my staff serve you know, 200 people up close. Do I need to know that I'm financially secure or do I need to know that 25 people will go back to their family, not infect their family? You know, like a lot of immigrants, you know, this each worker of mine is sending back almost the entire wages to 15, 20 people. Um, so I thought, I thought, no, I'm going to close. And I told everybody I'm going to pay everyone. And once I made that decision, I felt relieved. And I can hug my children knowing that I did the right thing. And you said that you, um, you closed, didn't you, on, this, on the 17th of March. And yeah. from that moment you decided, and we'll get on to staffing in a minute, but how have you managed to keep your business going in this time? But I can imagine in the hospitality industry, well, it's nothing like it. It's unprecedented. And the thing is that, you know, this word is, uh, is obviously is being used too much possibly but for hospitality suddenly the light in every place was off and that Mm. just that shock of knowing that you know it wasn't just me it was all of us something I did when I left my restaurant uh, ironically it was actually the third anniversary of the day I'd signed the lease Mm. I left I left a light on because that light was my hope uh, there's an Urdu word called Ummid, which is the hope that I will return. You know, that light is there so that I can find everything when I come back easily. That's just made me completely emotional. <laughs> Last time I cried on you as well. But I think you have just a really beautiful way of spiritually putting things because our businesses are our lives. Yes. You know, they're everything. And but, you kept that light on because that's the sense of, you know, your light isn't diminishing because you're not there. Have you got a view of the way things might change in your industry because of this? You know, pros and cons. Let me talk about the pros first, because I think that, you know, the cons are quite obvious. Uh, it's devastation financially. Yeah. But the, the pros are that I think that uh, I hope that people come back with the ethos of service paramount. Uh, I've, I've been very disheartened uh, with the stories just after, before the lockdown, of, of very prominent, uh, very powerful figures in the industry who sacked almost the entire staff, didn't put them on furlough, sacked them unceremoniously. And then, you know, there was a story uh, a week ago, I think, in The Guardian, and where there are people of hospitality, people who served, who were the pride and joy of your restaurant, who are sleeping rough in Trafalgar Square. I think that, you know, the, for me, this is a negative, but also a positive. I hope that all of us who will then return to restaurants, will go to those restaurants that showed compassion, 
that showed mm. leadership, mm. that showed kindness, and that also stayed true to their staff. That is the kitchen where labor is honored and where someone's status, irrespective of the background you're from, whether you're an immigrant or you're not, you are honored. The disadvantage, of course, is that, you know, social distancing will be a nightmare. You cannot, absolutely cannot earn more than half your, your expected mm. you know, turnover. In restaurants, and, I'm, and I know this is with small, small business everywhere, we run on very small margins. Till you make it, you fake it, essentially. And you, know, you fake it by very slim margins, staying positive, the passion driving you through, you know, not your bank balance. The bank mm-hmm. balance is not, not something of joy that you look at. It, this is about your dreams and passions. It's about that light that you leave on in the restaurant in that hope that you will go back. You know, I, I'm, I'm running this on that, on hope yeah. and love yeah. and the desire to serve. We're making a change and a movement. And, and a lot of people talk about this female quality, this female quality coming into business of caring. What, what's your take on this? Do you think that customers will now search out for the good people and understand business in a different way? I hope so. Because, you know, I think that uh, in some ways, you know, the world stopped uh, with mm, the lockdown. Yeah. And in our lifetime, we saw the earth recovering. This is such an important lesson that when you take away all the, the pollution and the and especially, you know, in, in a place like India, uh, you know, from my hometown, you can see mountain ranges that no one has seen. You know, my grandparents would talk about seeing it and now people are seeing it. And I think that I hope all of this is sinking through because you're watching the purity in the earth, in the air, in and I hope that also happens with business, that, you know, that when that pollution is lifted um, of daily grind of life where you just take it as it is and you're forced to sit back and think and, you know, and view the mountains that you never saw ever, that you only heard was once visible, but now you see it. I hope that this, this lockdown will give people that choice because now people will have a lot less money to spend, which is going to be, you know, the Bank of England is already talking about the recession, you know, it's inevitable, you know. So I think that the big thing is that, you know, if I had just a pound to spend, I would go and spend it somewhere where it was meaningful. I feel that those companies that value their, their workforce probably values my money more. And yes. it matters to me. I'd rather give it to someone who will, you know, appreciate me and then appreciate the people who work for that money that I've given them. And so this is our opportunity. And so it's an opportunity for small businesses, independents like yourself. What advice would you give for small businesses at the moment within your industry? I think the biggest thing is that this is not how, you know, this is an opportunity for you to reboot. Use Mm. this time. Use this time to plan to conquer the world, to be the best in what you can be. Strengthen your soul and your backbone. You'll need these both when you start again. It's, it's so right. Some guests sit on this, um, as we've called it, you know, the great pause. 
and we had amazing um, John Vincent from Leon, and he spoke about how we actually need to just discover who we are. If you stop, you are who you are. You just might not realize it. And these moments where actually a lot of founders that I'm speaking to are spiritually speaking about this because more than anyone, actually, they too didn't have a moment to breathe. They too yeah. never looked under the hood. I know this from personal experience. For me, I was just so busy uh, working for the last three and a half years. Success just came and swept me away in some ways. Yeah. I had yeah. Netflix. The restaurant was a huge success. The cookbook is a huge success. Of all of which I'm really grateful. But somewhere in there, I may have lost myself. And, you know, the one thing that I kept with me is the need to be compassionate, the need to lead uh, with kindness. These two things are very important. Uh, but I think that I, I recently lost a very close friend who's my age and she didn't die of COVID, but she died of cancer. Uh, you know, so I'm grieving and I realized that, you know, I, I also need to, there is, there is also a person in there who's not a restauranter, who's not a cook, who's not the chef on Netflix. Uh, who's just asthma. I mean, what a woman. She was so open and honest. Her account of losing herself and using this time to really find out who asthma is just truly touched me. I don't know about you, but I think so many of us can feel like this. Founders, parents, friends. We wear so many hats for so many around us that sometimes we can lose ourselves in all the demands of daily life. I really believe this and I know I'm an optimist, but that businesses will change after this period of time that we have lived through. Asma talks about leading with kindness and compassion and my goodness, the world needs it. But as she says, we can all see a little more clearly now. We have had a real moment to reflect on what is truly important in our lives and how we want the future to look. I think more than ever, people will want to start their own businesses. I believe that many, like Asma said, would have reflected on themselves and what they really want their lives to be. Do they want to go back to the commute, working in an office, or have they cherished that time at home? I also hope that even more women will start businesses because it is these female traits of high emotional empathy, compassion, resilience and inbuilt ability to multitask which makes women the most brilliant founders. Sahar, founder of Coffee Republic, put it brilliantly when she talked about this at the Congregation of Inspiration last September. I don't know if you know what an absolutely extraordinary opportunity we have in this world we live in. Because what's happening outside, the disruption, the digital disruption especially, is moving the world from quite a male world, whereby that whole command and control structure, it's moving it to somewhere very, very different. The old world of business used to be very male because command and control was actually, if you think about it, set up from the military. It was just the way they did it in the military. That doesn't work anymore. And we're moving towards much more feminine traits, which is why the heading of this article in Forbes was actually entrepreneurship is the new woman's, women's movement. Um, it's not always been like that. And I'm just going to tell you my story of how I came across entrepreneurship. Um, I started my life getting a job because I thought this idea of what entrepreneurs were, very much entrepreneurs... For me, when I was growing up, there was just about one entrepreneur in the whole of the UK, and he was a man, and his first name was Richard. 
and you can guess the rest. And this idea of Richard Branson entrepreneurship was, A, you had to have made your first million selling sweets in the school playground. B, you had to have dropped out of school in some way. Like, I never really dropped out of school, so I thought clearly if I didn't drop out of school, I've got absolutely no creative leadership ability whatsoever. I didn't make any money selling worms to my parents. So I thought clearly, entrepreneur, I am not. I'm not that type. So I went and got a job, and I absolutely hated it. I got a job whereby I couldn't be me doing it. Um, and I think for us women, that's very difficult. I got a job whereby... Every day when I went to work, I felt like I was leaving a part of myself behind. It was almost like I was leaving the real Sahar behind, 100% Sahar, my sort of heart and soul, and putting on this work face. And I just found that really difficult because I just couldn't understand. I'd be working the best of my life, most of my waking hours. How could I do something that wasn't really me? And I think they're just about, you've got to know what qualities you have. I think just about the two qualities I've got in life is one is my optimism, the other my enthusiasm. And very quickly in the job I had, I realized just about the two qualities they didn't really want was optimism or enthusiasm. So I was like entirely wasted. And it's sort of like, because I was disconnected from who I was, and it's so important for us to connect, I sort of almost... By the end of the five years in this job, I'd sort of resorted to bitching by the water cooler, kind of involved in office politics and the sort of bitchiness and cattiness. And until something happened, I came across entrepreneurship in a way by accident. So I genuinely think what I want to celebrate today, and my God, this room, this place, what Holly and Co. have created, is celebrating what I genuinely consider is the feminine future. I think entrepreneurship is the new women's movement. Women that have come before us weren't so lucky. They had to emulate men. But we have the freedom to be 100% ourselves. My God, what an opportunity. Let's all find our diamonds. And my motto in life is leap and the net will appear. Let's now reflect on some happy news stories out there. A care home in Great Yarmouth put on a drive-through disco to reunite its residents with family members they haven't been able to see for the past eight weeks. Family members drove past their care home as residents lined up outside, waving flags and dancing to music played by DJs. On May the 4th, also known as Star Wars Day, officials in the Philippines dressed up as Star Wars characters as they handed out relief packages, adding a bit of much-needed joy at this scary time. I want to always shine a light on brilliant examples of community, creativity and generally small businesses doing fantastic things. Every week I'm going to recount small business initiatives that are bringing colour to grey. Wedgie, a company that creates wooden doorstops, which are handmade in Sri Lanka as part of an incentive that empowers rural communities, have created a new range of door wedges with 100% of profits going to NHS charities. And these aren't any old doorstops. Oh, no, these are hand painted to look like nurses and doctors. So not only are you helping to raise money for charity, but you're also bringing these superheroes into your home. A powerful reminder of the people we should aspire aspire to be like. Every Monday, the brilliant Petersham nurseries are cooking meals in their vacated restaurant kitchens to help provide meals for those who are struggling. 
And cookshops are working with local volunteers, charities and community groups to give away free meals to those in need. If you're a key worker or have an elderly neighbour, get in touch with your local store. I think the next few weeks will be a real turning point in this period of our lives and businesses. And I will be spending much of the week really reviewing what I have learnt, what the business has achieved and looking at the future and how this time will fundamentally change the course of Holly & Co. From some very small changes to perhaps some much larger cultural changes within the business, I really urge you to take the time to do the same. I know I've said it over the last few weeks, but I really believe it is crucial to move forward with an altered business to the one you came into it with. I'm also going to go and understand how I am going to personally grow. I'm going to make a list of lockdown promises to myself, knowing that the lack of adrenaline in my bloodstream is allowing me to think clearly. We hope that we will never have a pause like this again in our futures. But if you are like me, I want all the benefits and calm to continue. The power, as they say, is yours. You just have to be brave enough to make those changes. And coming up next week, we have three brilliant experts. The founder of Scamp and Dude, Joe Touch and Sharp, will be joining us to talk about closing our high street shops, juggling her business with her boys at home. And then we will be joined by Mark Constantine, founder of Lush. They have 900 stores across 49 countries. So this insight will be utterly fascinating. And on Thursday, we will have Jane Hardy from the Blurt Foundation, a social enterprise built to support those with depression. And before you go, one favour to ask. I'd so appreciate it if you're able to rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. You know, by rating this podcast, it helps increase our visibility and support and reach to all the other small businesses and founders. I'm sending a huge virtual cuddle to all those who can help me. I'd like to take this opportunity again to say thank you to NatWest Dell 3 and Royal Mail for helping us to bring this free podcast special to life. And finally, thank you to you because you're the wind beneath my wings and I want to wish you, your families and your business all the very best. Stay safe, stay in and I'm sending you all so much love. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown You will find that all the things that I have said Will come to when you are lying in your bed And if you want your friends to come